Do you guys know who Joey Essex is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, the only way to Essex. Don't ask me how I know so much. There's really a guy named Joey Essex. on the only. I googled him once because I was curious. That is his for real's name, apparently. As in, that's his given last name. Joey Essex. He's like a strange creature. Okay, just to clarify, the only way is Essex is that like British Jersey Shore, right? British Jersey, yeah, right. And he's like where it's like Trash City, right? Yeah, pretty much. He's like comically stupid. Yeah, and it seems like it. He must be acting, but I really, I don't really think he's acting. No. <laughs> like a lot of it is, he is just that stupid. Wow. But he's like mostly harmless. You can find like really good compilations of him on like panel shows. Oh my gosh. Um, just hamming it up. Yeah, they always they do like weird segments of, like big fat quiz. So they got Joey Essex to do these like quest, deliver these questions where he would like do like a little lecture about like Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> but he was like, it was like name who who Joey Essex is talking about, and it would be Joey Essex come on. I was like. This guy was a clever bloke. <laughs> he did, he'd done this painting of a woman. He's <laughs> doing what I call smizing. Smizing! <laughs> Episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends watch an aggressively mediocre movie, have a themed cocktail, and then sit down to talk about what was so shit about it and why it could have not been so shit, maybe. <laughs> I am your host for this week, Lee. I need to get back to the city, Delahanty. I'm Chris. I must return to the metropolis, Ravel. And I'm Brendan. You know, that city, I gotta get back to it. <laughs> Trishler. <laughs> And if you couldn't tell by those nicknames, we've just finished watching 2008, The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves, yep. Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly, Connelly, John Cleese, Kathy Bates, Smith, Jaden Smith, directed by Scott Derrickson. Who is Scott Derrickson? Oh, fuck. I had looked him up because he had done, like... A music video director or something? I don't know. He's done other shit. And, I, like, it was other shit that I was familiar with. Well, I investigated who the hell Scott Derrickson is. Uh, we did have to, obviously... <laughs> what about Derek Scottson? <laughs> That's a different person. Please don't... Please don't <laughs> mention his name. Throttle you. Yeah. <laughs> We did obviously have to. Oh my god, he did Doctor what? Strange. That was what it was. Oh really? He's, yeah. So he knows how to direct a movie. Yeah, so he can make a good movie. <laughs> I mean, granted, the direction's not really the problem. We'll get into yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this got this movie's got problems, but you know. So we did have to yeah, find some way to get through this movie, and we did yep. that with a lovely drink that we called Katu Baradamikto. Yes, or as that would be in the movie. Because <laughs> you can't hear anything he's fucking saying. There's so we turned to, suit. to Whiskey Task Force with the Klaatu Baradamikto. It is 750 milliliters of champagne, or one bottle, half a cup of blackberries, half a tablespoon of dried lavender, a quarter cup of agave nectar, <laughs> a quarter cup of maple syrup, and a quarter cup of vodka. What you do is you boil the blackberries, the agave nectar, the maple syrup, and the vodka. As the berries cook, you're going to mash them until they break down. This is about five minutes or so. Then you just let them boil for a little bit of more time for it to solidify some. Throw in some lavender, boil for another minute, remove it from the heat, let it steep for an hour in the fridge. Then when you're ready to serve, you pour a tablespoon of the blackberry sauce into a champagne flute, add a couple of blackberries for garnish, and then you top it with some chilled champagne. And it was, it was it was really lovely. Yeah. You do need to give it a little bit of a stir to kind of evenly disperse all of that flavor. Yeah, I think it helps to stir. Otherwise, it just takes a while for the flavor to disseminate throughout the drink. But it was a very good drink. And it was also very visually appealing to yeah. watch yeah. as the as the champagne is kind of bubbling up. 
uh, it kind of breaks up a little bit more of the sauce and it turns this beautiful like jewel red yeah. ink. Yeah, much like it takes a while for the information of an alien um, <laughs> to properly disseminate first contact yeah. on Earth to disseminate to the rest of the people on Earth. It would be a lot easier if you just said, "Hey, incidentally, yeah. I'm going to show up. Here's my bit. This is my landing site." You know, yep. it was delicious though. It was a great. Cup. It was. We had talked about maybe making some sort of green drink. And I'm glad we didn't. Me too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a lovely color. I thought it tasted lovely. I can't wait. I want to do it again in the summer where I think yeah. that would be a really lovely light. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it was a very good. We had a little bit of a brunch while we watched the movie. We sure did. Had some biscuits, had some bacon, bacon had some fruits. Some jam and butter. Some jam and butter. Yeah. Tea, I drank with jam and bread. It was great. Good stuff. Good day. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice little afternoon. Did the movie live up to the brunch? Um... Uh... No. <laughs> Short answer. <laughs> Wish it did. Yeah. Who wants to tell us what this movie was about before we really dive into Ooh, it? Ooh, I would love to. Or at least I would love to read the Wikipedia summary. I'd be of interested what in hearing how this gels with what I think happened. Okay, me too. <laughs> In 1928, a solitary mountaineer encounters a glowing sphere. He loses consciousness, and when he wakes, the sphere has gone, and there is a scar in his hand where a sample of his DNA has been taken. In the present day, a rapidly moving object is detected beyond Jupiter's orbit and forecast to impact Manhattan. It is moving at 30,000 kilometers per second, enough to destroy all life on Earth. The United States government hastily assembles a group of scientists, including Helen Benson and her friend Michael Granier, to develop a survival plan. As it nears the planet, the object slows down just before impact. Revealed to be a large spherical spaceship, it lands gently in Central Park and is quickly surrounded by the NYPD and heavily armed US forces. An alien emerges and Helen moves forward to greet it, but amidst the confusion, the alien is shot. A gigantic humanoid robot appears and temporarily disables everything in the vicinity by emitting a high-pitched noise before the wounded alien voices the command Klaatu Barada Nikto to shut down the robot's defensive response. The alien's exterior is found to be a bioengineered spacesuit composed of a placenta-like material covering the human being. Uh, the being is, uh, quickly ages into Klaatu, who looks like the Mountaineer from 1928. Klaatu informs Secretary of Defense Regina Jackson that he is a representative of a group of civilizations sent to talk to the leaders of Earth about saving the planet. When Jackson instead sends him to be interrogated, Klaatu escapes and reconnects with Helen and her stepson Jacob, telling them that he must finish his mission to save the Earth, quote-unquote. The presence of the sphere and other smaller ones that begin to appear all over the world cause widespread panic. The military launches a drone strike on the center Park sphere, but are thwarted by the robot. The military takes a weapons-free approach, cautiously enclosing the robot, soon nicknamed Gort, for genetically organized robotic technology, and transporting it to Mount Weather, an underground facility in Virginia. Klaatu meets with another alien, Mr. Wu, who has lived on Earth for 70 years. Wu tells Klaatu that he has found the human race to be destructive, stubborn, and unwilling to change, which matches with Klaatu's experiences. Klaatu orders the small spheres to collect specimens of the animal species to preserve them for later reintroduction to the Earth. He clarifies for Helen that he means to save the Earth from destruction by humankind. When a policeman attempts to take them into custody, Klaatu kills him, then promptly revives the officer, telling Helen and Jacob that he did this to simply disarm an obstacle to his mission. Hoping to persuade Klaatu to change his mind about humanity, Helen takes him to the home of Professor Barnhart, a Nobel Prize winner. They discuss how Klaatu's race went through drastic collaborative evolution to prevent the demise of their planet. Barnhart pleads that the Earth is at the same precipice, and humanity should be given a chance to understand that it too must change. When the adults are talking, Jacob calls the authorities to come and arrest Klaatu. While the military is examining Gort, the robot transforms into a swarm of winged, insect-like nanomachines that self-replicate as they consume every man-made object in their path. The swarm soon devours the 
the entire facility emerging above ground to continue feeding. The military capture Helen while Klaatu and Jacob escape on foot. As they travel, Klaatu learns more about humanity through Jacob. When Jacob contacts Helen and arranges to meet at his father's grave, the secretary sends her to try to change Klaatu's mind. At the grave, Jacob is heartbroken that Klaatu cannot resurrect his long-dead father. As Helen and Jacob have a tear-filled reunion, Klaatu's cumulative observations of humans convince him to stop the swarm. Grainier drives them to, se- to the Central Spark Sphere. Wow. Say that five times fast. Central, I will not. Central Park Sphere. Uh, but the swarm has reached massive proportions. Klaatu trudges through the swarm to the sphere, touching it moments before his own body is consumed. The sphere deactivates the swarm, saving humanity, but at the expense of, electri- of electrical activity on Earth. Per Klaatu's warning that there would be a price to the human way of life. The giant sphere leaves Earth. End of summary. End of summary. End of summary. Uh, surprisingly <laughs> little editorializing in this summary, which <clears throat> normally Wikipedia no, summaries are they, rife with that. Didn't, was I wrong that they do kind of seem to think that he dies... Well, I mean, it, it doesn't really say anything. Well, it just says the sphere leaves, right? Yeah. It doesn't say like he leaves with. Well, they say in the movie though he's leaving. Well, Jaden Smith says that, but he's a fucking idiot. Hey, what is he? The fuck does he know about? Yeah, what was this little dummy? This little petulant. Not for shit. nothing. The the summary does say he's nearly consumed, so one must believe that he was not yeah. nearly consumed. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the sphere. I would assume that he could probably. I mean, again, like I don't. It's weird too, because like he presumably can just make himself a new body. Like I'm unclear mm-hmm. on like what part of Klaatu was Klaatu and what right. part is just like. They put his mind into a body. Yeah. I was also unclear about something as well. Were the the swarm was meant to eat man made things, well, right? Definitely. But then they're also like consuming it, men flesh. Men create men. Yeah, that's true. Ah. So it's not just it's not just well, get, reasons. It's not just get rid of like buildings well, and tools and whatnot. It's also get rid of humans. Well, I mean, the whole point is that they don't like humans. The right? whole point <laughs> is that yeah, they want the earth to survive. So I imagine they're going to get rid of all the. The pollutants. Yeah, basically anything that humans did. Yeah, but it does. The swarm does <laughs> seem like mm-hmm. arbitrary in what it destroys. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. Almost as like it's not explained very well. Like it leaves yeah. those buildings alone, but it's like yum yum baseball field. All right. Well, let's uh, before we dive into the really like the what is so bad about this movie. Let's talk about the original for a little bit. We did yeah. all watch it. We did. Um, and there's some updates that I think make a lot of sense. Yes. But I wanted to just go into real quick before we go into that even the sure. short story sure. upon which it's based. Um, did you get a chance to like look into it at all? I know you had mentioned. I just read about the summary of it. Okay, cool. And there's not much to the short story, right? No, it is a very. I read it at work. It is like I, like thirty pages. It is a very short oh, story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the basic premise of the short story is like it kind of begins in Medias Race with a photographer slash journalist who is in the Smithsonian where they have built a wing around the spacecraft and gorge because they landed a while ago, according to this. They landed a while ago. Klaatu was shot by this crazy guy in a tree who was like, oh, like, no, like, space people are against God's will. Gotta kill this guy. And so he's dead and he's buried somewhere, like, in the Potomac or something. I don't remember. Yeah, Klaatu. So Klaatu is already dead by the time the story has started. And the photographer believes, when comparing pictures of Gort, because that's, like, his thing, he just takes pictures of Gort, that Gort is actually moving at night when no one is around because it looks like he's in two slightly different positions. So he hangs around at nights and he sees Gort waking up and from the ship comes a gorilla and Gort kills the gorilla. And the photographer's like, well, that's a weird thing to have happen. Then, like, a hummingbird comes out and the hummingbird dies instantly. And then... 
a replica of a person the journalist knows comes out, who is someone involved with the museum, who comes out and he like starts reciting his shtick and then he dies almost instantly. And the photographer's like, well, this is some weird stuff that's going on here. And then Gort notices the photographer, takes him, takes the photographer with him to Klaatu's grave, picks up Klaatu's body, takes it back with him to the Smithsonian, along with a recording that they had made of Klaatu saying his original message when he first landed on Earth. And the photographer realizes that what Gort is trying to do is bring him back to life by using recordings of his voice. Again, this is a short story from like the 40s or 50s. Don't think too much about how that's happening. Sure. He just is. He does manage to bring a Klaatu back to life, but the Klaatu basically says like, I'm not going to live very long. This is a, not a very good recording that you're using to make a copy of me. I don't have much time for this world. The photographer is like, well, here I have a better recording of you actually. Like, why don't you, Gort, take this recording, go back to your home planet and make a new Klaatu. And will you explain to your masters that, you know, we didn't really mean to kill Klaatu. That was not our intention. The robot's like, oh, no, no, no. You misunderstand. I'm the master, actually. The He's my slave. I think the story is about a warning of, like, letting technology take over your life. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I read it, and I don't quite get, like, the twist is really just that, like, all this time, it turns out the robot was the one calling the shots. I don't really get what he's trying to say. Harry Bates, I don't remember if I said it, the author is trying to say in the short story, but I guess it's that. It's not a lot unclear, like, why they landed in the first place. Right. I mean, it's it's a very vague short story. As I said, a very short, short so story. So then even going from the short story to the film adaptation, the original film adaptation, mm -hmm. we're already changing the nature of the visit, who's in control. I mean, you're well, giving a reason for him to visit, basically. Yeah, and it, it obviously, like, in when they told the story in the 50s, it was like, they found a very, like topical thing right. to make the movie about nuclear power nuclear right exactly destruction yeah they very like that that is a, a very like solid different like difference is that mm -hmm. there's a definite reason they're coming to earth in that movie and it's yeah. like the impetus for the entire plot is like i gotta I'm here to tell you all that if you knock it off yeah if you keep making nuclear weapons um, to, but it, it does also seem in that movie that he is like I mean, it's fine if you want to fuck each other up, but don't fuck us yeah, up. Yeah, don't bring it up here. Yeah, keep that to your planet. Yeah. Do not put nuclear weapons in space or we'll come kill you. Uh, also, we can't stop it even if we wanted to because we made these robots yeah. these super robots powerful. Right. So these that race of gorts who will kill you if you're violent. That element is holds true, but it's it's sort of like they willingly did it, whereas like it's sort of vague in the book. Right. In the short story, it's like, it did, I don't, like, I don't know, did he make this alien man? Like, yeah. Were they enslaved? In, I don't know. In the movie, it's pretty clearly laid out by Klaatu that, like, we decided to create a bunch of robots that could supersede any authority. Yeah, right. And, like, really, like, if they decide to, it's time for you to die, we, we can do nothing right. to stop them. Which, to be fair, also, that that does have this weird, like, authoritarian bent that the movie doesn't really go into. I assume just because it was the 1950s and maybe it was something that they weren't really Prepared interested in talking about. Yeah. yeah, but just, like, the idea that you've created this, like race of deadly beings who could at any moment decide to kill you all. That, that's kind of a big thing to throw in there. It seems like movie. a dated concept. It does. It does seem It does seem to be a very high-minded concept for that time, though. This idea of, like, we've created this entirely independent entity to also police us. I mean, it does also feel like something that we might have done back at that time, where it's like, we've perfected technology. Right. At yeah. that time, we weren't so much like, but what if we did it bad? It was more like, no, 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 we'll figure it out. Don't worry. Yeah, also, yeah, there's two <laughs> things wrong. There's two things that I think are dated. The, the one concept is like, sort of forced... <laughs> Like, sort of art disarmament by threat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is a weird concept. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is the idea of technology never going bad. Infallible. By itself. Infallible technology. Right. Like, there's never going to be a time where the robots... Like, 
have a perceive bug. like something yeah, does, and yeah. or degrade yeah, in like, some way misperceive yeah. a threat that isn't actually there and kill right. you when you can't do anything to stop it because right. you didn't really leave any kind of loophole in there right for you. exactly I mean, it, it, becomes, weird. it becomes a moral and ethical quagmire right because you have no idea if that thing is going to stay infallible forever yeah. Yeah. how do you perform maintenance on something like that and it is weird too because they do seem to still like listen to orders so it's unlike they do, right. like what is going on there they like do they listen to orders up until it's kill time and then they stop or right because at the end that's when Klaatu is like if I sometimes to me tell the tell Gorge Klaatu run a Nikto and he'll stop doing his thing but like yeah. what was the thing that he was going to do precisely I don't know. like and kill like, them all yeah how, it sounds like you did have a way to stop it then because yeah. it seems like you say something and they stop yeah I don't know Maybe there's a point where you can no longer stop it, but it's it's a you know, it's a pretty good movie. But it's has, it like, it has qu- it leaves some questions. And I mean, me. I think the the point of the movie is more just that this alien shows up, makes a statement saying that here I am. I just yeah. I made all the electricity stop for half an hour or whatever so that I could show you what I'm capable of doing. This is my robot friend. He'll kick your asses. Please don't let it come to that. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves. So yeah. it's more just him saying a thing and then leaving. Him issuing yeah. a warning and then leaving. And there is a general arc. Like, the basic arc of the movie is that he does, like, land in Central Square. And he does get taken in by, like, U.S. government. And the U.S. government, you know, and he's like, oh, I need to speak to everyone. And the U.S. government mm-hmm. is like, today, yeah. as, it, as it would now, is like, no, 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 yeah. no. We are, like, the real people. Yeah, you yeah we're not going to let you talk to, like, every fucking world leader. Yeah. Who are you kidding? And so they, like, don't let him do it. And then he has to escape. And then he right. sort of, like, has a little picaresque, uh, like, living in some, some slice of life. Yeah, like, well, like the, the original is DC. Oh, um, DC, yeah. Yeah, in the original. But, like, so, it's I mean, because the remake doesn't really have that thing. The original has, like, the version where he goes off on his own, no one really suspects him. He yeah. rents a room at a boarding house, meets some people, talks with them. The original is just he basically runs to Penn Station, and then he collapses, and they're like, hey, hey yeah. Jennifer Connelly, come pick your dude up. So, it's also, it's it's a very slight plot in, in the original movie. Yeah, the original but, is, like, I mean, I, he's, like, he gets out, and he sort of is like, well, I, I don't know what to do now, so I'll get a room, mm-hmm. and then... And he sort of incidentally hears about this really smart guy, Professor Barnhart, who's like a yeah. good guy to talk to about like your message. Or right. I mean, I think what it is is just that he's trying to get a grasp on what humanity is. At that yeah. Point. But that's lacking from the remake, and and I find that to be a weird choice because the original at least had the interesting idea of like let's have him make contact with humans and see. Like what he sees in this movie, they don't do that so much. Well, it's this, just a lot of like geopolitical intrigue. This movie starts a bit similarly. Like he he shows up. They focus a lot more on uh, the government's like approach, like how they're sensing this and how yeah. they're perceiving it. And I don't know. We don't really know what the government was doing in the '50s version of how they got. We to don't this really point. see the government yeah. too much in '50s. But in this one, it does seem like what's interesting is that they, they seem pretty justified in their actions, and that like there's no like communication mm-hmm. from the ship of like, hey, it's not an ass. They, they definitely think it's like an asteroid or something right. that's going to hit the Earth. And they're like, okay. And so they summon everyone, all these scientists, to be like, hey, we don't know what the fuck is happening. But going to smack into it. Well, what do we do? Yeah. Um, what do? <laughs> and then, like, it doesn't smack. And right. they're like, oh, shit. Oh, it's an alien. And, then, and like, at that point, they, everyone, everyone just sort of has, like, no script for what to do. Yeah. But, it's, like, they do know that missiles were, like, disabled. And so yeah. the Secretary of Defense is like, well, that seems ominous. Yeah. It does seem ominous. And there's, like, they don't know that, you know, they meet this alien... And the state, it kind of plays out similarly, but it's, like, more threat-level orange, right? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also just that in this version, in the remake, Klaatun, like, just never explicitly says to the defense secretary what it is that he's doing there. I feel like so much of this could have been avoided if he Klaatun... does. I mean, he does say something similar to what Klaatun has in the original, where he, like, when he, after he has his little drink of water and is like, wow, human bodies, <laughs> he says, I need to... 
He's like, what is your purpose here? And he says, there's a gathering of world leaders. I will explain my purpose to them. And that is basically what Klaatu in the original does. He says, I have a message, but I'm not going to tell you what it is until until you put me in front of the UN. Here was something they seemed to be implying with the remake, though. Was there already some kind of international summit happening? I mean, I I assume he's just referring to the UN in general. I think so, Just that, in theory, there might be a summit. You assemble the representatives. Right, exactly. That that was my thought, anyway. Yeah, but he says that in, in the movie... And in much like in both movies, both secretaries are like, no, you can talk to us. Yeah. And he's like, that's not going to work for me. And he doesn't. And then in, but in the original, he just sort of like escapes that night on his yeah. own. And this one, he has to be abetted by Jennifer Connelly to right. like escape. And her stepson. Yeah, and her stepson. But it does, so it does like, I think he does say it, but like the thing is in the original, he then proceeds to find a different way of talking to humanity. Yeah. yeah. And in the remake, as soon as he, like, doesn't get his invitation, he's like, Kill. fuck it. Yeah. I'm, we're done. Yeah. I'm just going to check it with my guy, but I'm yeah. pretty convinced. We're going to shut it down. Yeah. The, the remake adds this, like, element that there's another alien that's been living on Earth. Right. Are we just the there's many of them among us? I don't know. He, he just meets, like, an alien. And right. It's an interesting suggestion, though. No, it? I mean, I think it would be more interesting if there were more than one alien. If their own little conference of various other people from various other lots in life, someone who's like, oh, actually, I posited myself as a climate scientist, and so I've been trying to get them to yeah. understand this. Also, it's really to be, weird to me that Mr. Wu is just a normal right. guy. Like, he doesn't, he, you don't know what he does, but he's at a McDonald's with right. his, like, grandson. Right, and he shows up in a taxi, too, so it's like, he's yeah. really not that well off. They also kind of breeze through the idea of, like, oh, these aliens can just interbreed with us and have children. I mean, but I guess it is he literally just makes a human body, right? Because that's what Klaatu does. He does, but, but he's a fully functioning human body. I guess but so. Keanu Reeves as, an al- as a human alien can still, like, shock people back That's to true, life. yeah. He still has so there's got to be something powers. alien about his biology. Yeah. But you've got to wonder if those kids have some weird shit going on. Yeah, there. right? Which is honestly a really too? interesting door for this movie to open. It's a lot. It's a lot to get into. and like, I, it, But they don't seem to know that their grandfather's an alien, he, so it is like it is a, It's a weird thing to throw in there, right? If he had just shown up by himself at the yeah. McDonald's, it would have been fine. But the fact that he shows up with a grandson is just like, Well, oh. I think they had to give him a family to imply that, like, this is why he likes humanity. I guess so, but I feel like he could just be, like, someone who's lived among people for a long period of time yeah. like he just he appreciates them That's as they are without having the need to fuck one and sire off <laughs> okay those aliens they gotta get it in yeah, they're horny but if any- anything if anything uh, this would make a fascinating double feature with uh, Earth Girls Are Easy yeah <laughs> it is a little bit like that to be fair Klaatu like pulls off his goopy outer skin it's like oh he's yeah, hot he's now he's a hot alien <laughs> But in any case, yeah, like, that's the difference, I would say, is that as soon as he, his first attempt at speaking to people fails, which he, he doesn't even imply, like, I have a problem with this in both movies where he just refuses to get into it at all. At all. He, he makes no, what is it? not even an allusion to his purpose. So I think the difference, though, between the 50s version and this one mm-hmm. is in the 50s one, he's more just like, no, I'll wait, like. Get them all. Get them together. I'll talk to them. It's fine. Yeah. And this one, Gort has activated somehow, is starting to kill people. And he, like, the entire time has just been like, no, no, no. You got to get me in. So, no. Yeah, I will say, yeah. In the remake, it's bad. What I hate is that he's he just seems to instantly be like, all right, well, this is not going to work. I'm just going to start. I'm just going to activate right. the He gives them, like, one chance to it. And then yeah. when they don't do it, he's like, well, we're done. But in both versions, what I don't understand is what what is the problem with saying it once to this person and then saying it again to a group of people? No, I, that, that is true. I think the original works around that 
well enough when they have the scene where all the different scientists show up. Yeah. Whenever they're like, well, actually, what if we have a bunch of scientists talk to you instead? Like, will that appease you? And he's like, yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah. But, like, I don't understand why he's so, like, what is what is his problem with telling the secretary? I mean, he just hates repeating himself. Some don't we all? Context. Just any context at all. To yeah. just say, like, I mean, just listen, say. I'm he, actually, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he land, say to her, like, listen, here is my message. Here's what I need to tell you. Do you see why everyone else on the planet needs to hear this message? I think a lot of that also stems from my biggest problem, I think, with this remake is the character of Klaatu and how he's presented in this movie. And that I think, I think on paper, and I've listened to Keanu Reeves and Scott Derrickson explaining why this choice was made, the idea that this alien would show up, be very alien, and then gradually become more human as the movie goes on, like, that yeah. makes some level of sense. I mm -hmm. get that on paper. In actuality... We don't see it happen. No, I'm not, well, there is that also. But what I'm saying also is when you compare it to the Klaatu of the original movie, where he's like this very friendly average guy who just comes out of the ship and is like, hey, everyone, got a message for you, gonna tell everyone at once, so just get me in touch with them and then we'll chat. Yeah. He comes off as like a very sort of warm, pleasant personality, whereas Keanu Reeves is immediately like cagey and right. not very talkative yeah. and keeps alluding to strange things and like whenever, when Kathy Bates is like, why have you come to our planet? He's like, your planet? And she's like, yes, this is our planet. He's like, Ooh, it's not your planet which is like yeah I'd be fucking like concerned at that point too yeah. Klaatu in the original one is never like that much of a fucking isolated weirdo if he gets said if because if, the line is it's this is our planet and he has he says no it is not if he had said it's no one's planet yeah. that's better than saying it, no, is, it not. is not yeah. that's implying that like you think it's your planet or something right. I think if they were just engaging an obtuse dialogue just to put off the reveal for a little while but it does feel a little labored because I feel like if I'm in his position the first thing I'm saying is like you guys are fucking this planet up get right or this is what happens again I have a so my biggest problem with the change so obviously like the what we haven't covered really sufficiently is that they changed the threat from like nuclear uh, destruction and like like nuclear weapons in space to like climate it's climate change yeah. it's ruining the earth and it's more it less than like the aliens are worried about violence coming to them they're just like hey there are like so small amount of planets that can support life and we're just not gonna let you guys fuck this one up right. so if you can't get your shit together we're gonna get your shit together for which you which I guess also I, I feel like I have a little bit of an issue with that too because I'm also pretty sure that most scientists believe that like if climate change irrevocably fucks us all and we all die off eventually the earth will reset itself like, yeah. there will be a massive loss of animal life but I think if the aliens were that concerned they could just show up Noah's Ark the animal and then split off and be like, all right, you're fucked, everyone. See yeah. you later. Which is kind of what they do. because But they, they said gort on everyone. That's true. I mean, it would be one thing if they just like took animals and were like, okay, do whatever the fuck you want to do. We got what we want here. If all you right. want to destroy yourselves, destroy yourselves. Yeah. I mean, maybe but, they're just like worried about like the time it takes to, to No, and that's, that's fair. But, but my problem with the change is that it's different from nuclear destruction. Like it's, it's, yeah. if it's climate change, like the protocol should be different. Like you shouldn't be waiting around. If you're worried about the planet being fucked up, why the fuck have you waited this long without giving yeah. any hint <laughs> yeah. at all like, and you've got humans there why are the humans like the alien humans like right. trying to like make changes as right. humans right and like I don't know I just wish that there were more backstory or fill in provided of like what the aliens have done up to this point other than just to show up at the very tip of the crisis point to be like change now or yeah. we'll kill you yeah it's just it's just a weird call if you're like worried about the planet no I agree I don't know how do you feel about that change in general do you think it makes sense to, do, to have the remake do with that versus I something think, else I think I think it makes sense because I think there are problems with the original conceit of nuclear destruction mm -hmm. and I, I agree that like it's you're correct that climate change isn't really like like and even Keanu Reeves says something in the movie about how like nothing in the universe truly dies it just gets transformed yeah but I think that with both movies having their being really more about humanity than about aliens and what they care about 
I think it's fine to just ignore that and for the context of like telling having a message in this movie that like is setting like a, this is what is going on with humanity at the moment in time. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with having it explore climate change and having the alien have this like whatever plan of like we're going to stop this now before it gets too bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I agree that, like, yeah, if they had just waited and, like, let the let the humans fuck the planet up, they're like, yeah, it would have eventually come back around. Yeah, I, th- I think my problems with it are more in execution than in theory. I think yeah. in theory, climate change makes perfect sense to remake The Day the Earth Stood Still. Especially yeah. as a, like, threat being faced by the Earth right. in this day and time. Yeah. And I and also, like, we are kind of also polluting space around us. Oh, no, no, we are. But oh, they also don't yeah. really deal with that in the movie, right? Yeah. Like, you think that it could come up as a quick aside. Just Also, by the way... Get your shit out of here. Yeah. yeah I mean, are you again, a lot of First Contact stuff, too. The first, if you have a problem with, like, how this piece is doing things, wouldn't you, like, be like, hey, have you heard of uh, Fusion? Let's mm-hmm. right. how to do that. Then you don't have to worry about all this fucking Like, clean, clean power or something. So yeah. that's the other thing, too. So in the original movie, it ends with Klaatu at his spaceship, and he basically explains to them what his deal is, who Gord is, what they're all doing here, and, like, what's going to happen if you don't get your shit together. Yeah. You don't have that scene at all in the 2008 version. He mm-hmm. explains a little bit to uh, Jennifer Connelly about why he's there, but you don't understand who Gord is, what their relationship is. Is one the master? Is the other guy like a police robot? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. And I had read online that apparently they don't include a scene akin to that in the remake because the screenwriters thought it would be preachy to have like a character stand there and lecture you. But like, that's what the movie leads to. The movie leads to a character being like, you're doing this wrong. Stop doing this wrong. That's sort of the backbone of the plot. Right. I mean, the entire plot is like, basically he has to come here and tell you that you're fucking shit up. And so like, if the character at no point does that in the movies, then have you actually done what you set out to do? Also, then what is, what was the purpose of the movie? Right. Like spooky alien disaster? The closest thing you get is then when he has that conversation with Professor Barnhart. Right, which I think is a highlight of the movie. It's a good part of the movie. It also only lasts for, what, 60 seconds? Yeah. It's also like, Barnhart, more of that character, please. Yeah. But, like, again, it's like, in that, there's a thing they don't really dig into where uh, he's like, so we had a similar point Mm -hmm. in our civilization uh, and he was like, well, what was that? Well, like, well, our son was dying, so we had to evolve. And he's like, aha. So really, like, you're saying is it takes the threat of your death to, like, change. So, like, what like it really exposes Klaatu as like kind of a hypocrite yeah, which like, also like how did no one of his race consider that let yeah. alone Klaatu yeah. why didn't Klaatu realize that it, I wonder and like and honestly this would be interesting but to me it seems like it's possible that Klaatu is like one of the more anti-change anti-human mm-hmm. science like aliens that they sent to like they yeah. maybe they just sent someone who's like really fucking off on humans and is like no fuck these guys <laughs> Which it seems like, you know, if, if so, like, you could do that. It'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah. I also agree. So, like, it's we've talked a little bit about it, and I want to get into a bit more of the change in Klaatu and how he has this, like, arc that's sort of inverted yeah. from the original. So in the original, like, it's sort of like a shoe that drops at the end where this really nice guy tells you, like, hey, we'll kill you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Which and, is interesting. And he does so very genially. He does. You which know? I, and it's one of the things I like a lot about the original, actually, Me is too. that he just seems like this very nice, pleasant guy. And at the end, he's like, oh, by the way, we'll kill you all. Yeah, we can. Yeah. We can't actually stop it anyway. So, you know, don't Yeah, so like, do whatever you want to do, but just be aware of the fact right. that if we'll, it comes to it. We'll drop the hammer on you. Yeah. Yeah. You've been inducted into the club. You have no, yeah. We've, 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 right. With, against your will. Congrats. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Here's your court. Um, <laughs> but you're right. Uh, Keanu Reeves does not 
start off pleasant and happy. In this case, he starts off very cold. And he doesn't really ever get happy, but no. he does like, he, he definitely asks, He warms like, up a little. He cut, like, he does because the story tells me that he warms up. I don't really see him. You don't see it reflected up. in the performance. Yeah. yeah I, I think I'm not coming for him and his act and Keanu Reeves acting in this movie. I think it's fine, but you don't see that change in the character. I think the biggest problem with it, I think I, I again, I think that it, it was a good choice for the movie and I would have wanted to see it done better. Yeah. But I think the biggest problem with having him, uh, sort of like evolve and change and become a little bit more human as the movie went on is that the primary vessel for him to do this is through Jaden Smith. Yeah. And Jaden <sighs> Smith is has the worst character oh, yeah. in the movie. He's... And like we can also say what you want to say about Jaden Smith acting. It is written just to terrible. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I mean I haven't really seen Jaden Smith in much, so I can't say with any sort of certainty that he's not a good actor. I, I will say having gotten my eyes on this karate kid and um what was that fucking after Earth, he is not a good actor. Okay. And so, fair enough, he might not be. But this kid is immediate, almost immediately right off the bat set up is so fucking unlikable. Like, the first scene you get of him is Jennifer Connelly shows up in his room where he's playing a video game. She's like, hey, turn it off. I got dinner for you. And he's like, ugh. You killed no, me. Yeah, you killed me, mom. And then she sees his dad's razor, which he has sitting in a little car on his dresser or whatever. And she's like, oh, hey, what's this? And he's like, I found it. It's mine now. Which is just like, what a weird ass thing to say as a child. Just be like, it was dad's. Like, I wanted to keep it. You're this tiny child whose father was taken away from him. And now and you're he, like, you're guardian is his wife. Right, who you have no real connection to, right. which is like, okay, that's a fine story. It's not explored well in this movie. Almost every minute that is spent with the relationship between those two characters is a minute that could have been better spent with Keanu Reeves, with figuring out what humanity's deal is, with figuring out what the government's deal is. Their relationship and their dynamics and what they allude to those things being are way too complicated for what this movie is trying to do. And it almost feels like the movie is repelled by that level of complication where it just has no idea how to get into that. So its way of showing their relationship is to just have Jaden Smith be the most unreasonable creature that has ever lived. He's like a very petulant stupid kid. Yeah. yeah. And his, right. weird, his weird first reaction is like we should just Violence. kill the alien. Right. Which is like where does he get this from? Right. He doesn't, he's not getting it from either of his parents. Right. Because well, his mom weird, even notes. I mean and the weird part is, is he's like dad would have killed the aliens. And mom's and like no he wouldn't. Like, no she, he wouldn't have. Yeah. He was like, an that's, engineer. A, that's not really his thing. He was like building things. Yeah. He wasn't a fighter. Right. Yeah. And beyond that you know he wasn't the psychopath. Right. So one wonders, they never explain where Jaden gets this violent perception of his dad. Video games. Yeah. I it's think, all the video games. Oh, I think probably. It's the, right. All those play. video games the kids play. Yeah, the Master Chief statue in his bedroom. Yep, so you know how they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know. Honestly, God, another weird door for them to open. You know what I mean? <laughs> like media these days, making the kids want to kill those aliens. Oh no, it's the flood. <laughs> no, I, again, I think it's another weird thing that they like just Don't kind really, of gloss over. Yeah, like why, he, why he's so weirdly violent. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I agree that it shouldn't, there shouldn't be a subplot of, like, a grieving kid who's, like, a fucking pissant Right, rat yeah, who trying who to... Who hates his stepmom. Yeah. Especially just from, like, a viewer standpoint. Right, I mean... It's not an electric dynamic well, we have right. between I mean, Jaden Smith and Like Keanu you said, Reeves. the reason why it's there is ostensibly it's there so Keanu Reeves can see them learn to love each other over the course of the movie. And he's like, ah, like, if these two idiots can learn to love right. each other, then perhaps I can learn to love humanity. Again, you don't really get that. You get that because, like, he... Like, the movie telegraphs it to you in very clear terms that, like, this he's watching happening. the two of them hug yeah. and, like, he's supposed to be thinking something, but it doesn't really deal no. with it. I think he's, like, the movie needs him to see humanity's capacity for good slash change yeah. either or or both why not though they don't give it to you via the arc of like his mom and right. 
uh, Jennifer Connelly and Which, Jane Smith. So like I don't you need to get you need to replace that with something that does. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. You'd think that would be the natural place to do it. Well, I mean, like could, it's it's cheat well, up. It's I mean, there I would for just you. get rid. Of, I don't know. Like there are so many ways you could done it. And you, you could have it be it, any other relationship. You could done it way easier without like this yeah. weird baggage. It feels like I mean, like like I assume we're this. It feels like the kid is here because there was a kid in the original, and therefore it's like when you're writing a remake, you're like, well, of course there's going to be another kid in this right. version. Yeah. But like you could have had it between I don't know, like two friends, sisters, people who came from different countries, don't really know each other. Another scientist, forced, right? They're kind of forced together because of the situation, and they learn to understand each other and get along with each other. And Keanu sees that and is like, oh, okay, I get it now. You could even yeah. do an interesting arc where like the other the other person is maybe like a, a person of faith or something to be like yeah. an interesting counterpoint to uh, Jennifer Connelly's science, science although, broth. although her perspective does it's not really scientific so much as it is just like humanist all the time because she doesn't really come at him with any scientific arguments it's all just sort of a like but In we what, can what, change oh, I, well like I mean make this leap of faith with us I, but like what's your scientific argument that you make at that point? I don't know like, but there was no attempt by the movie to make I, her I, perspective I uniquely scientific I just I, I just don't know what the scientific perspective yeah. is for a counterpoint to don't kill us yeah. and then it also seems really weird to me that you at the end of the movie when you're like uh, alright I will give you a chance but you're gonna have to do it without electricity right. like why don't you just like show us some technology right. surely you've figured some shit out and give also, us fusion power like yeah. I don't want to be a nudge <laughs> but surely we'll find a way to make electricity work again yes maybe it's like revolution where like they just there's some sort of like, oh thing my god that goddamn show <laughs> I mean, I was, so like, I don't know, was it like an EMP, basically? Is that yeah, what I don't know. Yeah, it, must, it has to have been, whatever Gort did at the end, or Klaatu did, it has to have been something that just, like, permanently shut off electricity Okay, they sort I don't of know how, this, but... That was alien. one of the possible endings for Deus Ex, as well, where it was, like, that. all infrastructure. <laughs> I imagine it has to be, have been some sort of alien magic permanent okay. thing. It's also, I guess, a little interesting to me, again, that this was the thing he does in the original version, just to show, like, it's a show His of powers. force. Yeah. yeah. That he shuts everything down for 30 minutes, says, I'm not going to kill anyone. One, planes are still going to fly. People in hospital sucked machines are going to be okay. And this one, people are definitely dead. Yeah. 100%. People are dying because of yeah. this. Yeah. Also, I uh, remain confused about cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Combustion. It really like, made me feel stupid. Like, I didn't understand what, what was going on. But what if cars stopped working? I thought cars... I, don't, I mean, there are, like, electrical aspects to a car because batteries, right? Yeah. Right. But also, like, mechanical power is the same thing. Yeah, but... I don't know. Most cars these days don't start with mechanical so stuff. Steam, they start with steam power should still work then, right? I guess, but... I mean, there are definitely... Like, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, there are definitely things we could still do to fuck oh my God. our environment at this point. What if there's, like, a sequel movie in which it's World of Trains? Well, right. that's the thing, is that, like... We haven't learned anything. Coal <laughs> engines are worse. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying at the end of this. It feels like we haven't really learned. Like, yeah. we haven't been taught a better way. We've just been told, like, now, don't do that ever but again. Then, but then we'll have so to start at a primitive damage. Right. So we're going to fuck anyway. things up all over again just because he's, like, he's just stopped everything where it is, but he hasn't offered a solution. Yeah. yeah. It's a problem for it me. It is. But... I, yeah, and, and again, it's a it's that one you didn't have in the original because the original wasn't really about like changing your way of life so much as like just stop blowing shit up. Something, right. something struck it's me. Not that hard. While I was watching this movie, where I thought like you know you can make many criticisms about the first movie, but it did seem as if they were they had a clear message that they wanted to impart. It seems like there was a similar attempt here to make that message about environmental stuff. But they also seem to want to skew the movie in this, like, disaster porn invasion movie direction. I mean, yeah. That's why why it just, it reads as, like, unnecessarily brutal at times where I'm like, 
Okay, but then you just fucked everyone over by shutting the power off, so... I think they did definitely want to... Uh, Make it more epic. It's, it's like, modern, and they yeah. wanted some effects, so they're like, well, we'll do this. I mean, the effects are pretty interesting. I like, you know, I like the, seeing the swarm eat shit is kind of fun. Yeah, I like the spacecrafts. The, the, the one, my one complaint is I hate the color correction in this movie. The, like, blue-green... Yeah, I mean, there's there's a teal wash over the entire it's movie. It's very moody. Which, yeah, it doesn't lend itself to anything particularly well. It just makes you feel sleepy and flat. Yeah, that's that part is, is not so hot. Anything else about the changes to the movie that work for you besides the climate change thing? Uh, I like that we have Helen updated from secretary yeah. to like real deal right. scientist. Oh, right. Part of it is just happen. like you know times have changed and now we like it's just can do things. My mom's a real secretary. Yeah, not no. like a secretary. Not like a secretary of state. Am I right? That was rough. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was rough. I I really did appreciate that. No, I th- I mean Helen is obviously just a more active and interesting character in this version just by due to the fact that it was 2008 versus also, 1951. Yeah. Also, just slight sidebar, I feel like Jennifer Connelly does a great job with the No, I like, Jen, like I said, I like Jennifer Connelly, I like John Cleese. They're the Kathy two Bates non-assholes in this movie. Yeah. Kathy Bates is fine. Kathy um, Bates and her tall hair. Yeah, that I, thing that we saw live on how Kathy Bates just had the director, like, act out <laughs> what he wanted her to do before every scene. Is that true? I don't know. I mean, she it's was not, like, I only got two weeks. You gotta, like, just show me what you want and I'll do it. Yeah, it was on, like, IMDb, <laughs> apparently, but apparently she was just, like, having trouble understanding what the director wanted, so she was just like, you know what, just do what you think I should do, and then I'll do that. Wow! Yeah. Wow, so Kathy Bates and this director did not connect. I just get the impression. Laying down the law. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy's like, listen, we all know who's in charge here. Um, I do like the the focus um in the beginning on like the initial reaction to the thing yeah and there's some good parts to that we talked a little bit about how uh it's somehow it's somewhat cool and effective how like she just gets a phone call and it's like dr benson dr helen benson someone will be with you to pick you up it's like this very like ominous like they're at the door and there's all these cops and they're like oh my god you have to come with us they're like why like you're in federal custody do you know what exchange i could have done without though that they kept repeating over and over was like like why can't you tell me what's going on i can't tell you what's going on but why can't you tell me what it's it felt like that went on for way too long it didn't go on but i but what i did like is when like the third time she asks is like I don't know what's going on. Like, he, I can't tell you because I don't know what the fuck is happening right, right now. Like, that was, that I, was I think good. the only issue that I have is that I wish that could have all been condensed to the scene where he shows up at the door. Yeah. yeah. Where if, like, if it wasn't just a bunch of back and forth of her being like, but I can't, like, what's happening? If he had just said, like, I don't know what's happening. I have instructions to take you here. Please well, come with and me. And it yeah. seems like they kept, they're putting off that reveal to try to give that that yeah. whole, like, pull-out shot of, like, they closed down the highway. Yeah. Some oomph. But it's, and it's, I, I think you're right, Brandon, were you the one that said this? It, it seemed like the way it shot, the movie thinks this is like a <gasps> kind of moment. I thought you said that. I, I said it. Oh, you said it? Yeah. Okay. And I agree. It's, it just, I mean, it wants, just it sort wants of like, it to be okay. like a very striking image of this empty yeah. highway. I feel like that's not too unusual, you know? Like, right. I feel like if there were some sort of actual really dangerous scenario going on, even if just in terms of like, I'm, I'm thinking back to like the Boston bombing, right? Where it was just like, yeah. a highway will shut down. It's sort of like, well, I've seen that before, you right. know? Like, and I don't want to say it's not effective, but it's not as effective as I think the movie wants it to be. Maybe yeah. there's something about us looking at this with, you know, 2020 eyes and... With 2020 vision. Exactly. Yeah. I say this with some amount of irony, but I still think it's true to some extent of like simpler times in 2008. Yeah, to Slightly a simpler. Yeah. Yeah, I think, so I was thinking that some of that stuff in the beginning felt a little bit like cheap suspense, but there is an element to what I liked. Mm. Um, where I, I did like seeing the journey of like her character like go into this situation she's yeah. like what the fuck is happening I liked the idea that they're they put her in a room with all the other like a jet or like with all yeah. the scientists and they're all like what are you I don't yeah. know I'm a nuclear physicist right. what is happening right. so I, if we're all here what do you think we all have yeah. in common 
There are times where I kind of wished we had started there because I think that would have been a more compelling and dynamic place to start than yeah. with the like in the 1920s, this climber encounter, you know, like that yeah. part. I that, mean, I, I feel like, I mean, that's only really there because they established later on that that's what he did. I so I guess nothing. they're just like, you know, I know. Yeah. It's dumb. The thing I had liked that I had also mentioned we were watching is the scene where she's calling Jaden Smith from her cell phone after she had been told when they were going in, no yeah. cell phones, no cameras, like yeah. give them all to us. And she smuggled her cell phone and they show her hiding in a restroom, calling Jaden Smith being like, uh, you're with the neighbor. You guys are going to go down to the basement. There's a big storm coming. And he's like, I didn't hear anything on the news. I'm like, no, no, just trust me. Go down there. And yeah. then you hear pounding on the door and she opens and there's a soldier out there and the soldier's like is that a cell phone can I use it yeah it was, just, it was a really nice little human moment in a movie that ironically is lacking for a lot of humanity <laughs> it is lacking for a lot of humanity it was a, it was a nice subversion yeah mm-hmm. yeah there, there are a lot of elements of that part of the story that I liked um, I wish I would have done that more throughout the movie these like human I liked I liked the scientists I wanted more of them Me especially too. because yeah. the scientists were like it did seem like they were it all all the ones that you met were like the quote unquote good guys. Yeah. Because there was a scene where Kathy Bates was like, "All right, we're going to take him to a facility and we're going to interrogate him." And the, and the genesis also the genesis is like, "We're going to be sending these for generations." And she's like, "Oh no 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 yeah. no, 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 no one's going to look at this. <laughs> yeah. This is like super classified." And he has this look like, "Okay, I'm a little spooked by that." I mean, I think part of also is because John Hamm is like present, but I don't really get a handle on who he is or what he's doing there. Is yeah. Like the Secretary of Science or something. I don't. Do we have? Yeah, let's see what let's see what what Wikipedia tells us. I like he was like an official because he was wearing a suit. He as was, I assume like. he was just some sort of high-ranking NASA scientist. He's what? Michael Granier, a NASA official. Okay. Because okay. he says something like, I had to put your name on the list because I know you know this shit. He knows her, but it's also just like, I don't really know what their relationship is. I don't really know what his deal is. He doesn't show up enough to have enough impact in this story. And then when he dies at the end, just kind of like, oh, you're, you're dead now? Yeah. Like, right. you, you died? He dies very abruptly. Well, he did. Like at first when I was watching it on my own, I was just like, oh, did I miss something? Like, yeah. did he just die? He just died. It's also, it places you in a weird moment because his character, you know so little about him. Yeah. But yeah. It's, and it's John Hamm. And it so, seems like he was a nice enough guy. Yeah. Right. And it's John Hamm, so you're like, am I supposed to care about this character? Yeah. No time. The movie's going to end in five minutes. Right. right. Exactly. We got to go. We got to go, go, go. Yeah. He's going to be eaten um, by Gortz. Fun, fun fact that Wikipedia wanted me to know for some reason. Oh. Originally, Hamm's character was French and was named Michel. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> it also says, uh, although he is interested in math and science, Ham found his technical dialogue difficult and had to film his lines repeatedly. Aww, I just oh, love that they, they preface that with like, even though he's interested in math and science. <laughs> he's not a fucking dumb guy. He's not an idiot. He's no Joey Essex. Yeah. You know, but... Oh, so yeah, there's also a scene where Kathy Bates is saying, like, yeah, we're going to move this alien to a secure facility. And all the three scientists in the room are like, um, this seems like weird. Yeah. He wanted to talk to the UN. Like, why are we letting him do that again? Right. Like, I wish that there were more of like the science. I do but, think that it's maybe a little bit short-sighted to like, yeah, the scientists are good universally and there's right. no moral because it does seem like all the scientists have all the good opinions of I, yeah I mean I just find Kathy Bates's character unnecessarily frustrating throughout the entire movie yeah. too. where it's just like she's just so stubborn and obstinate where it's just like it, at no point does like she ever consider any other possible alternatives well, like it feels like she's just so convinced from the get-go that this is what's happening and it never feels like her position or anything like the interest that she represents is ever motivated really I mean I understand the whole thing of like we, we think we're being threatened so this is how we're acting deal but it reaches a point of antagonism where I'm like, this makes absolutely no sense. And it's weird for the movie to kind of acknowledge that through the scientists, because you'd think that would be like a good tension to keep up throughout your movie, but the scientists are sort of shuttled off the screen pretty yeah, quickly. They really yeah. don't matter too much I, on him. The thing is too, is like I I I I think that I found her a lot more understandable up front. 
Um, because I do think that if aliens really wanted to make peaceful first contact, there are better ways they could have gone about it than how Gandhi yeah. does it. And she is the Secretary of Defense. Like, that's who they put in charge. Like, there are other people who would probably not have the first instinct of, like, let me treat this like it's an imminent threat. Like, the Secretary of State might have been like, let's maybe think about how to talk Diplomacy. to Diplomacy. Yeah, but, like... It is weird that she has no other uh, counterparts in the cabinet to, <laughs> to like to voice be like, their own thought. Yeah. What about diplomacy? Right. Right. Hey, hey, hey! What if it's not? What if right. we're misunderstanding something? And I mean, the one thing that I had said also when we were watching the movie is there's the scene at the end where she basically dumps Jennifer Connelly back off on Klaatu and is like, "Look, if you can reason with him to stop this whole thing, go ahead and try it. I can't promise you anything, but please, like." see what happens. Yeah. And then they show her talking to the president on the phone, who's presumably authorizing a missile strike, I guess? Yeah. Or something? I'm really unclear about that, because she's talking with him, and there's she's... There's so, so many missile strikes. Yeah, I know, there's, there's so many... Like, operations yeah, so happening. Needless like, missile strikes that do nothing and should never have been authorized. But anyway, so she's having this conversation with him, and then we see uh, Jennifer Connelly and company driving through New York City. They crash through a barrier. They're trying to get to Central Park, and um, then they reveal that, like, they're being hit at by missiles from above. And then they show Kathy Bates, like, sitting there watching a monitor. So like, it's like, pensively. did she authorize this no. missile strike? Remember when she was on the... Because she had already released Jennifer Connelly to go talk to the alien because she became convinced at that point that, like, that's her only hope. Yeah. Um, but then she's on the phone talking to the president, and she seems like she's trying to talk the president out of ordering a missile strike. But the president is like, no. The president says no. I thought it might just be more interesting if in some way she, like, effectively commits treason to stop this from happening because it would, like, it would give her character some sort of change throughout the story. I agree. You know? Yeah. In a lot of ways. But I, I don't think that, sorry, just okay. my really good counterpoint is I don't think that she had the uh, authority. Any control. Yeah, no, yeah. I get you. This movie is kind of the anti-arrival. Yeah. Like, I was going to yeah. mention it, the arrival. It, what were you, what was your thing about it? It's the anti-arrival in that it sets up that this like military, this militant reaction to the alien is wrong. But where it becomes the anti-arrival is we never actually really explored the diplomatic side of it and we don't actually get into the he- to the heady conversations that it sort of gestures at yeah. with the interactions between Klaatu and Cleese and Klaatu and um, Connolly. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I wanted to point out is the military action in this movie feels especially arbitrary because it feels like there's at least three scenes or sequences in between where the military decides to do something and when it happens. So it just kind of seems like sometimes they'll like reach some kind of minor emotional catharsis between Klaatu and Connolly and then suddenly you know, like, drones are inbound on the spaceship, and I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, a Why? lot of this is just, like, the military feels like they're provoking action for no real reason. At all! I don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. It oh, it's just seems like the movie is like, well, it's time for the military to kick the dust up, so I guess that's what's happening. Yeah, like, surely someone at some point should have been like, you know, like, look, I know, I know we're military men, we all want to blow something up, but, like, let's just sit back for a moment and see what happens here. Or if yeah. you're not going to give us a counterpart to Kathy Bates, then, like, have some kind of lieutenant of hers that's, like, a little trigger-happy or, like... It was, he made the executive decision to, like, box up Gort and start, like, you know, trying to drill it apart. Just because otherwise it just feels like the military is, like... Well, it's been about five minutes. It's time to like prod something we shouldn't I, like, again. I just, I also don't know like who's in charge there. You know, like you know that one like weird Western guy, right? That one like dude. Western guy with a bad accent oh, who's just that. like always talking about droning and blowing shit up. But like, is he in charge? I don't know who he is. The one thing I did genuinely love, just to get back to that for a second, is I, I did, I was so intrigued by this idea of like there was another alien, perhaps others who were just living amongst us mm-hmm. and had like fully kind of like turn to our side a little bit. I don't know. I I was I loved that concept. I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, again, I, it's unexplored. I wish they had gone into more. Um, that could be some fun Girl from Monday stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says fun like Girl from Monday. Hey. 
No one picks on little the girl from Monday but me. That little girl from Monday. Um, <laughs> oh, back Everyone's to your thing about Arrival. Monday. My thing yeah. that I wanted to mention about Arrival was that uh, the big difference. There's obviously a big difference in how that movie plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the linguist Amy Adams makes this key point early on when like they are translating this language and like one of the things they're like, "Ooh, shit, is that weapon or attack or something?" Right. And, and and everyone starts immediately freaking out, and she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, guys, like." This is a very different language, and like we don't understand context at all. And like this, like she says some like analogy about like some other language and how like cow means weapon. She said like some nonsense yeah. like that, and about how like you know depending on their culture, this could mean something very like we could we are we have to be like utterly sure that we are interpreting these actions properly. Yeah. And I wish that there was somebody. There's not really language involved here, but I wish that there was somebody doing that here of like. Whoa, 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 maybe this is polite to them. Maybe it's polite right. to just show up, not say what you're here for until yeah. everyone's present. Right. Like, we don't know if this is, like, their version of diplomacy. Like, we don't know the rules. Right. I think, ultimately, the whole, like, invasion disaster movie angle keeps it from ever getting close enough to that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, I, I loved Arrival, I think, less than you guys did. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't... Anyway. But I, I think so much of that is what worked really well for me. Like, that part I have no issue with in Arrival. And, like, so much of that is what I wish I had here. Yeah, It feels like this movie is just, like, not really interesting. This movie is more interested in, like, the blockbuster yeah. disaster aspects of it, right? Which is also weird because the original movie is more of... It's not an action movie. No, it's, it's like... Actually, it's, quite... It's toned down kind of like stately. Right, it's like a ponderous 50s sci-fi movie about, you know, like, what is humanity's place Honestly, in the universe, what we're doing. Yeah. Aside from certain sequences, it could have just been a stage play, right? right. I and mean... It, it's, which is just so... So weird that you would see that and be like, but what if action? Yeah. So like, it's almost strange that it doesn't have more of an arrival aspect grafted onto it. But that is just like people trying to talk about like, what does this mean? What are they doing? How are we interpreting but it? But it was also 2008. I think that was the order of the day. Of no. like, we got to make it epic. We got to make it big. We got to make it yeah. disaster. It was. I don't get quite why you would take the day the earth stood still and be like, but what if a sci-fi action movie? Yeah. Um, what if they uh, launched drones 20 times? During yeah. The movie? Right. Like, it's not something that immediately lends itself to that, nor is it something that was there originally. I, so I don't get why you'd try to add it. I'm kind of reminded when you said that of um, did I think you guys see the more recent re- uh, adaptation of The Giver no with, okay I did I watched it on a plane but it was basically like what if we took a like very emotionally intelligent and like ponderous story about like society and individuality and identity and like heritage and make it into a like Hunger Games style like I mean, sizzly action. That was kind of what I thought it was, judging from the trailer. It was just shocking that anyone would look at this, like, interesting story and decide, but what if action? Yeah. Too. I I never saw the movie. I remember looking at the trailer and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. Book? Who are these people? What are they doing? Jeff Bridges and Meryl Streep are in it. And I'm just like, what the fuck, guys? When I read the book, so, like, in the movie, there's, like, some sort of, like, weird, like, white utopia-looking buildings and, like, and I remember thinking that, like, they lived in a fucking intense, in the woods. Right. I mean, Did I misunderstand? Right, no, I, I always saw in the book it was basically like a village. Like a yeah, commune yeah, or something. Yeah. I, but it wasn't, I don't think it was necessarily like a Swiss Family Robinson setup. But it no, was no like, but it was just like it was a very small, like it like wasn't community. like fucking, you know. Well, because by the end of the book, he just sleds out and like finds another village. Right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll say that for our episode about The Giver. Well, yeah. but just, I, I feel like a similar <laughs> thing has happened here, where you kind of take this... Like, the essence of this is and blow it up to a way that it doesn't lend itself to. Right. Yeah. Well, and you're, like, you keep, you're trying to gesture at the same philosophical things it was getting at, but it's completely lost in the, like, 
sound and bombast yeah. of an invasion narrative. Where yeah. are we with regards to the remakes that they were doing of all the other, like, old sort of sci-fi things? Like, what other ones? Like, They're The like, Dark Planet or Dark World or whatever? Huh? I mean, these are more specifically action movies, but like, I was looking at Robocop was 2014. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any other, like, sort of older... Sci-fi I concepts. feel like we were still in... Like, where were we in remake territory back then? Because, like... There was, like, the gritty reboot phase, which we sort of have grown out of, I think, mm-hmm. by this point. I mean, pretty recently, though. Yeah. Yeah. People have been making them, but they're, now they're doing Mopey remakes, because Joker true. was kind of a Mopey remake. Yeah. Oh, God. Because there was also the, like, gritty remake of Point Break, I remember. <laughs> yeah. It was the gritty remake of Point yeah. Break. Which, to me, is just, like, such a misguided well, they're idea. Like, they're, like, doing, like, base jumping. Base right, jumping right, and right, snowboarding. Right, right. and Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any other, just off the top of my head, I'm sure there are some of, like, other sci-fi movies from this era that we remade and missed the point on. Yeah. I mean, I can think of other, like, sci-fi remakes that worked, where you have, like, oh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where and you was, have the thing, what? The, well, the Invasion was probably around that time, too. The Invasion oh, yeah, of the Body Snatchers Yeah, the Daniel remake. Craig, Nicole Kidman one. That my mom was in. I she, never saw it, anyway. Uh, it was, the only way that they could shoot in DC was Casting if... your mom. Well, yeah, she was the jewel of the DC yeah. area. Uh, no, if they included a shot of a like metro worker being like, "Hey, you can't jump that turnstile," oh, and that was my mom's role. Oh boy, <laughs> that's the mark of a quality production right yeah. there—the insistence that a metro worker yell at you for jumping a turnstile. Um, but uh, I think that was around the same time. I'm pretty sure that the War of the Worlds remake was around the same time. Uh, that was like oh five. That would also make a little bit of sense too. Like I, I do feel like you kind of kind of are in a bad position as this, if you wanted to tell the story and re- adapt it that you have to work with the constraints of the times in the in the studios mm. put some explosions right, in no, it. it's got to be it's got to be a big alien yeah. movie well and i wonder too was there some kind of thing of like okay now in this post 911 world we have to kind of treat this like potential destruction of humanity with like a different approach yeah yeah because i mean World of the Worlds did the same thing, where it, like, turned up the, br- the brutality and the fear and the destruction. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. It's pretty brutal in the original. I was going to say, like, it's not, like, it's doing things in a different way, but I don't think it's doing things a whole lot more gruesome than the original story did. Yeah. I mean, War of the Worlds is, like, two-thirds a pretty good movie. Oh, man, that last third, though, is trouble. Yeah, that's when things... And this does, add, this is just adding, a, like, a layer of, like destruction that does not exist in the right there and they are like they do prod the spaceship and the robot in the original but they don't like try to blow it up right yeah. they're just like hey we can't like hey, like, hey what's this we thing? don't know what yeah. it is we can't make a dent in it guys right. and once they first got dissolved they kind of stayed away from it yeah right and then they try yeah they try and open the spaceship they can't get in it's just sort of like well i got no ideas honestly like i mean i did think in the original movie it was like you fools just stay away from it but then i thought like well then they couldn't get in they're like all right well fair enough we just we're just gonna hang out here then just gonna watch it i guess whereas in this movie they're like i don't know just change the drill bit over yeah but again in both movies it's like what the fuck are you do you think you're doing like doesn't this seem like a colossally stupid idea to you honestly it does end up selling the idea to you like do we deserve to be killed off by nanorobots because if this was our reaction to just like provoke this force further are there anything else? Any other characters or acting we want to talk about before? We... Uh, I like John Cleese a lot. Love John Cleese. I he doesn't have he a lot more of time. Yeah. He plays for drama, and he does it very well. Yeah, yeah. he's. I mean, he's very charming and, and likable in the like ninety seconds you see him on screen. Yeah, I really wish he was a bigger feature of the yeah, movie. Yeah, and honestly, like I said, that conversation that they have between the two of them. Well, one, I wish Jennifer Connelly had something to do in it because she mostly just stands there with her arms folded off to the side, with her eyes huge. Yeah. Just but like, <laughs> I wish she had something to do with it, and I wish that conversation had been a lot more involved and gone on more. But I guess yeah. they were like, you know what? 
audiences don't want to see John Cleese and Keanu Reeves talk to each other. They want to see some fucking drones blow up Gort. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, that's exactly what the logic was. Yeah. Well, and not to get into my fix too early, but like, I would love the idea of it being Connolly and Cleese are the, the two foils to Klaatu. I would love to see those kind of exchanges happen yeah. over the course of the movie. The, dare I say, a, a better Professor Barnhart than the original. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I think the yeah. original is very much like of its time, right? Of what you expect from a professor. Yeah. Where he's like, he's kind of kooky. And he's nutty. got wacky hair. Yeah. Um, He's a, he's a goofy professor. It's it's like a weird, especially when the movie is dealing with like nuclear, you know, uh, wipeout. He's a very silly comedic character. I mean, I think he's almost supposed to be like Einstein-y, I think, yeah. in terms of appearance, yeah. at least. I don't know. Reminded me of, um, you guys ever seen that movie IQ? With, no. um, oh, no. yeah. Where Meg no. Ryan, Meg Ryan is yeah, the daughter I know the of movie, Einstein. But I'm I think. not going to watch it. Oh, it's it's terrible, but it's really enjoyable. I, I, like, that was a, like growing up with it kind of movie for me. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Do you think we're ready to go to fix this? I, I think, think so. so. All right. I can start. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So I had a lot of. I made, went on a journey. So the very first idea that I had, I started to try to incorporate, like, there was one thing I wanted very fast. And as I, as I explored that, the further I went down the rabbit hole of, like, how would this idea work, I realized it was no longer a movie. I had made The Day the Earth Stood Still, the K-drama. <laughs> so this is The Day the Earth Stood Still, the K-drama. So, Honestly, like, mega shocked it doesn't already exist. <laughs> so, right? like, there are, there are alien romance K-dramas. I can tell you all about them. But so here's how it would work. So the idea that I had early on that I voiced earlier is like, why were there, why, why were you not trying things as a, why were you not going there as a human and like trying to insert yourself and make changes and learn about humanity that way? And like, Mr. Wood doesn't seem to do much other than just like live a normal life yeah. and see how that goes. So I, I got rid of Mr. Wu and uh, Keanu Reeves is Mr. Wu. So he went to Earth ages ago and his job was to sort of like observe and report back and see if they could change by, you know, becoming an important figure in science and trying to institute those changes. And depending on how that went, they would figure out what to do. And he became a climate scientist and he worked a lot with Jennifer Connelly and they fell in love and they had a family. And like, he was very, he was like, he would always like, he was more focused on like, cons like conservationalism and like making sure that species didn't go exist. And while he was doing that, he would like take the samples. So they would like stay and, and exist and, and be around. Um, secretly, like, as an alien. Uh, and he eventually, uh, came to realize, like, that he wanted humanity to survive, um, and he really wanted them to, but his superiors were like, nope. this doesn't seem to be working out, um, and he's like, well, I don't really, like, guys, I think we have a chance, like, I don't really want to, like, see this planet go, also, I have this family that I love now, and they're like, well, too, like, too bad, and they, like, basically, like, kill him. But like take like forcefully like have him killed and take him back and they like wipe his memory because they're like well this was too much of a rough experience for you wow and they send him back in a new body um, to do to actually instigate the thing and the show starts there oh okay and so he goes back in this new body and he like meets this scientist very early on that he like we used to and this is the thing they love to do in K dramas where like you've had you fell in love before or you somehow knew each other as kids or some shit. <laughs> So really, this is why I was like, this is a K-drama now. So he would meet her and she would be grieving over the death of her husband. Mm -hmm. He would be like the Keanu Reeves in the movie where because he doesn't have any memory of his human life, he's just here to like do the business. And then he starts to like have these memories come back and it would be more of like an episodic thing. So that's the K-drama version of this movie that I would prefer. But it's really not a good movie because that's too much, <laughs> that's too much information for a movie to do. I joked a little bit early on about how there's a, I think, off recording about how there's like a 12 Angry Men version of this movie. Which, by the way, I would love. Yeah, it's, I'd watch it. Where it's like a stage play and it's just like aliens and a bunch of, hu aliens and a bunch of humans like talking about like why humanity should be allowed to live. I would eat that up 
fork and spoon. I would love it. Yeah. And so that I think would be a good stage play, but I think I would want to keep it to, if I have to do it as a movie, then I would want for the movie to sort of be like a picaresque, like I talked about earlier, how the original is kind of like that, where like you start with the alien landing. Uh, well, you don't actually start there. You start with the idea that like people are aware that there's like a weird alien sphere in, in Central Park. And he was briefly taken in by the government and he's gone now. No one knows where he is. And it's sort of this similar state to the original movie where it's not like threat level crisis orange. We're sending drones into Central Park mm-hmm. every other hour, but more in the original where it's like everyone's sort of like, what the fuck is happening? Right. And it is like the original where he sort of wanders around and is meeting random people. And they're all just like, hey, mister, crazy times to be walking around, right? Like there's an alien. And he's just like, no one suspects him, basically. And I wanted to sort of gather up a bunch of like sort of walk around and meet different people and have them all like be interconnected um and have it be like a more uh hor- like horizontal slice of humanity where it just like he th- throughout the course of the movie he meets like a wide variety of people of like age and and, and like skill sets mm-hmm. and things like that and comes to have some understanding by the end of the movie that like there are good people and worth preserving and that's my that's my basic fix I have some similar things going on in mind. <laughs> okay, no kid. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's uh, Connolly and Cleese are Barnhart and Benson. Yeah, they're some manner of climate scientists who have just become like burnt out, being ignored by the powers that be. That this is something that really needs to be worked on. Um, Klaatu basically shows up on like a similar mission of like close to a terminal velocity tipping point of the damage you've done to the environment. Uh, but he's not there to kill necessarily. He's there to kind of make, he's been like appointed to make this decision for this like vast alien consortium that is. I want to paint it as like, this is the last chance that these aliens are willing to do to like pull humanity back from the brink. And that I want to explore the idea that they've tried multiple other things to try to like mm-hmm. nudge humanity back on the right track, including one of the things I want them to have tried is interbreeding with humans to try to gift them with uh, maybe like goosed up genetics so that even in a polluted future, they could still potentially see their way through it. But that the aliens are currently wondering if they could, if they should continue propping this up or if they should just wipe the planet out and let it start over. And that's what Klaatu has to decide. Mm -hmm. Um, His chosen guide is going to be Helen, who has very mixed ideas about whether or not humanity really kind of deserves that second chance. But that in their travels throughout the world, because Klaatu wants to experience people of different like lives, ethnicities, angles, places, things, Mm -hmm. as Klaatu is coming to the conclusion that the world contains beauty and is worth saving, she comes around to that point as well. But that the really big discussion is going to be whether or not humanity should just be given the chance to fix this on their own, or if Klaatu's people are going to gift them with like some kind of like alien technological leap forward or something. I'm mixed in which direction I would want that to go. Um, just because I feel like there's a potential, like, almost dystopian direction it would take to being like, yes, aliens, give us your technology, please. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a more interesting idea of it kind of being about finding beauty and worth in saving the world, even when it feels like the world itself is, like, fighting your attempts to save it. Okay, so my idea, this is, like, my very loose, rough draft idea, is, uh, 
it's going to start in a similar place where this movie kind of starts with all the scientists together on the jet plane. And so you've got Helen there, you've got Professor Barnhart there, you've got John Hamm's character, who I think in mine is a woman, just because I feel like there's not a whole lot of women aside from Jennifer Connelly and Kathy Bates. Uh, and, you know, it's nice to have your gal friends when you're there, a bunch of scientists, gals together, shopping, I, buying shoes. Anyway. I, that is the scientist cliche. Yeah. You know, they're always buying shoes. Uh, and... One of the other scientists who's also there is a uh, climate scientist who is played by Keanu Reeves. And they're all summoned together because they see that all of these enormous orbs are pummeling toward the Earth. And they all, as they do in this movie, sort of slow their descent and park themselves in major metropolitan areas. So, you know, New York, as in the movie, other various cities across the world. And while no Klaatu gets out of them, like a bunch of gourds get out of each one. And they all just sort of like stand there. Anytime any military threat is made against them, they immediately like neutralize the threat, destroy the weapons, what have you. So while this is all going on, all these scientists are trying to figure out, Keanu reveals to Jennifer Connelly and John Cleese and Juanita Ham that um, <laughs> that he is actually Juanita. an alien as well, and that he has been on Earth for like 50 years or whatever, hiding out, trying to improve society in some way, which is why he became a scientist and it's not working. And that's why these creatures were sent from his home planet to Earth. They're basically sent there to wipe the slate clean. And so there's going to be a big chunk of the movie that's Keanu meeting with all of the other aliens who are hiding out there on Earth. You get a bunch of different people. Like how Lee said, you have people from different walks of life. Mm -hmm. Some of them were just like, you know, regular people living like lower class lives. Any world leaders? No, I don't think there's going to be any world leaders in this one, at least. And, you know, like scientists, what have you. So a big chunk of the movie is going to be a lot of them together. At Professor Barnhart has like a lake house or something where he's like, no one knows about it. We can go hang out there for a while. Let's try and discuss this and figure out what the deal is. That's where it comes out in the movie that these robots aren't something that his species like mm-hmm. has control over, that they're like these forces that they had created that are now there to sort of just, you know, make sure that everyone plays nicely with each other and doesn't do anything too fucking stupid. And because they're landing here, Keanu knows that everything that they have tried to accomplish over the past decades or whatever is all for naught. So what they're trying to do throughout the end of the movie is basically appeal to the robots, you know, by trying to get to probably the one in Central Park, the main court there, to try and sort of show him, like, what they've learned. Basically by kind of, like, uploading what they've learned to court by, like, touching him, I think. Mm -hmm. And so what I think it's going to end with is the alien going back to their planet and leaving like with the hopes that Earth has learned something but all of the Gorts are going to stay there. They're going to be sort of like a permanent reminder of what has happened and like Ooh. what could happen to you again if you don't get your shit together. That's cool. Well, there's similar threads in all of our fixes, I think. Well, because I think there, there are of humanity obvious things that like jump out at you in this movie, yeah. right? But yeah, the one, though I, the, the other thing is the, the idea that there are other aliens. I think my main problem with that is that it is like uh, taking the agency away from, from humans a little bit. Like, yeah, they've lived a human life, but like, it feels weird to me that a bunch of aliens are the ones who represent humanity. Right. When it should be that like a human, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know that I do actually. It seems weird that, like, the aliens are speaking for why humans are good versus a human speaking for I why humans I see. I mean, for, I, I guess in my head it's more, it's not that the aliens are really the ones making, like, the most compelling argument. It is sort of like you said, like, a 12 Angry Men scenario where, yeah. like, the humans are trying to make a compelling argument to the aliens as to why they should be able to exist when these aliens as objective viewers have, like, probably very mixed feelings on mm-hmm. humanity on yeah. the whole world. It's like like how Mr. Wu says, like, they're awful, they don't listen to you, they're a bunch of dubbies, but and I, I love, love them anyway. Could yeah. <laughs> I love them more? <laughs> And so I think, like, you just, you, you probably have these beings who are, like, very much split into, you know, not not even, like, amongst themselves, but, like, literally every one of them is probably just, like, m- mixed as to whether or not 
humans should be allowed to yeah. continue. I also think it's a it's a delicate line to walk in these kind of narratives where you want to express the kind of value and beauty of human life, but I tend to get annoyed in these kind of movies when they're like, and those humans, they're just so unique that even an alien falls in love I with mean, them. I mean, I do hate that. That's one of my least favorite sci-fi tropes, the idea that like humans are somehow inherently special and right. different than aliens in yeah. a way that aliens can't understand. And it's this weird, dumb, like, chosen one yeah. thing that I hate, but I think there's a way that you could tell a human a story without dipping into that. No, I agree. I think it's, I think, like, the story here is less that, like, humans are special and more just that, like, yeah, we're dumb, but we do a lot of good things, too. Like, there are right. things we do very well, but despite the fact that we're actively killing yeah. ourselves. I think Doctor Who does that, all, like, good enough, where, yeah. like, it's the Doctor that's the one that's like, humans are so great, mm -hmm. but, like, a lot of other Time Lords and a lot of other races are like, you suck. It well, suck. and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a thing of like, do humans take humanity for granted? And then like, so that's why you would have this alien who would have this yeah. like greater respect yeah. for it. Anywho, would we recommend watching this movie? That's a no. I think I would. Uh, I was the one that put this up, and I think I probably would say no. I think I liked it for very specific reasons that were specific to me. Mm. Liked it as in you know enough to decide to do it on this podcast. I would say yes, just because I think the the ideas it's putting out there are interesting, but it's not a very interesting movie itself. I'd say watch the original, but that said, whenever we watched, well, whenever I watched the remake, uh, I did see what you saw in it. Like, I did see, yeah, as I was uh, watching, as I, I had watched too. the original, watched the remake, I was like, okay, I get how this is an interesting discussion. Yeah. yeah. And I, I saw what was appealing to you. And I think it does put an interesting discussion in front of you. It just refuses to have it. Yeah. And I liked it for all those reasons, but also, I just like seeing Keanu Reeves be really stoic yeah. <laughs> in movies you sometimes. A lot of that. You got so much stoicism. We didn't really get, get into his that. performance that much in this episode, but I, I mean, I guess quick takes. I was he was fine. I guess he was very flat. And that's I don't hard know if I can blame him. I think that it, I think that he did what was asked. Of yeah, him. I yeah. think the the script and the direction are asking very bad things. Like they're yeah. not asking anything that works well in no. this context of the story. There are things that I did like. I like how his movements are very mechanical up yes. front. The way he, like, turns his head and it looks for a second before doing anything. And I like that his speech is very... Uh, measured. Measured and, like, lacks contractions or any sort of, like... Uh, yeah, very formal. Mean. There, There are little things like that. Then there's some of those, like, sort of cheap suspense weird dialogue lines where, like, when the guy says, like, are you aware of an imminent threat? And he answers by saying, you should let me go. <laughs> Which just makes for a good trailer. But, like... I thought that was, like, taken out of context. I thought that was one of those ones where they right. take two different lines. Yeah. Right. But that's how it is in the movie, and that's a bit weird. It is. Well, it seems, like, cheap and contrived. Yeah. Um, I would also just say that, like, it makes sense why he's acting cold and inhuman, but with the exception of Connolly and Cleese, everyone else is acting pretty inhuman as well. So, yeah. this movie fails to make a good case for why humanity should be yeah. spared. And that's kind of a core issue I think I have with it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's our word on it, guys. Yep, that's the final take, word. Take that, do with that what you will. Yep, watch the original one. Yeah, do watch the original. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a funny thing. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that's that's better from us. Uh, guys, tune in in two weeks. We'll be back with another mini episode, and you'll yep. find out what we'll be doing next. That's right. In the meantime, give us a like. Give us a uh, like. Facebook.com slash podcast. At least four stars. Rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever. Or Stitcher. Yeah. Smash that button smash Where, that button wherever, like subscribe, wherever you catch pods yeah, wherever you cast them pods yeah. and uh until then bye, bye. bye. Ronnie Nick 2 yeah. <laughs>